church say praise the Lord? Can the church say hallelujah? I'm not the same. I've been changed. God did it suddenly. And when we know that God has changed us, we can go ahead and face tomorrow. Because we know that God has done a marvelous work in our lives. So we give God glory and honor today. Thank Him for all His many blessings. Thank Him for Him calling me into the ministry of the gospel. For that I give Him honor and glory, thanks and praise. Give honor to Sister Williams who led us in devotion today. And the choir and to the musicians. To the ushers and all of you who are here today, we thank God for your presence and pray that God will bless us today as we look into God's word again. We'll look again at our, our theme scriptures this morning from Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5. When you find it, say amen. amen. Isaiah chapter 40, we'll begin reading again in verse 1. And we read, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together for the mouth or the Lord has spoken. A New Testament passage of Scripture, we're going to look at Gospel of John, John's Gospel, chapter 4. We're going to begin reading today at verse 16. You know we're on this theme, and I know last time we talked about the woman at the well, and we're going to continue this story today. John, chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. When you find it, say amen. amen. John 4 and 16 says, Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one to whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. At this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Today, we want to share with us briefly from the subject. The Christian experience facing your past. The Christian experience facing your past. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we adore you. We call you holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Lord, we thank you for who you are and 
how good you have been to us, Lord. If we had 10,000 tongues, we could not thank you enough, Lord. So we bless your holy name today. We put our own thoughts aside and bless you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. And we ask you, Lord, one more time to bless us today. We have come to worship you. We worship you in song and in prayer. Now we come to worship you in the word of God today. I pray that you would bless your people today. Bless me. Bless me in my body today, Lord. I need a touch from you, Lord. Bless me, your servant. Have your way in the midst of your people today. We just want to thank you and praise you in advance for all you're going to do. We ask these blessings right now. Trust in you and believe in you that this word is going to bless our lives. Have your way, Lord. We'll be careful to thank you and praise you. Because in the mighty name, the strong name, the healing name of Jesus Christ our Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Christian experience, facing your past. Facing your past. And as we've gone through this, this theme, I, I know that many thoughts have come to our minds on the Christian experience. And especially those of us who are growing up in the church and you know, we've had many experiences in our so-called Christian experience. And we've heard, we've met many people. We've gone many places. We've heard and seen many things and some things that were funny, you know, some things not so funny. Some things brought us joy. Some things brought us pain. But through all those things, I want us to realize that that word Christian has a very significant meaning. It means that we must be Christ-like in the way we live. And I'm going to say that every time. Because I want us to be reminded and, and let that saturate our heart and our spirit. That When we say that we are a Christian, it means something. And one of the things that we've heard in our Christian experiences throughout our lives is that, you know, that the past is in the past. And we need to leave it in the past. And, but I want us to remind us today that every now and then that past will come up around us and we have to face it. Our subject today is the Christian experience facing the past. In our Old Testament passage of Scripture, as we've often talked about it, I want us to realize that this passage of Scripture is written so that we might believe that Jesus the Christ is the Son of God and understand that he has a plan for our lives. Whether the past is in your face or whatever is going on, we need to understand that God has a plan for your life and mine. And as we look at this passage of scripture in Isaiah 40, we realize that God don't want us to be afraid, but he wants to be comforted. Because the gospel is the good news. He said, comfort, yea, comfort my people, says your God. Tell Israel, let her know that, that her warfare is in it, that her iniquity is pardoned. But she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sin. In other words, he wanted you and I to know that our sins will be forgiven if we will only come to him. We're talking today about the Christian experience facing your past. It is that the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. In other words, the Lord has a plan for your life, and he wants you to walk in that way. Allow him to lead you and guide you into the plan that he has for you. He talks about, again, making straight in the desert a highway for our God. For every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. See, all those, we talked about that frustration in the Sunday school this morning. These things frustrate our lives. The valleys that we go through, the hills and the mountains we have to face, the crooked places that make us wonder whether we're going in the right direction. The rough places that when we know we're going the right way, it still seems harder than it ought to be. 
God wants to bring you out of those low places. He wants to move those mountains out of the way. He wants to straighten the, the, the crooked places out and make the rough places smooth so you can be all that he wants you to be. As we've been praying in our fast, we want, to, want God to energize us to do all he wants us to do and be empowered to become all he wants us to be. We're talking about the Christian experience today, facing your past. And the great thing that this passage of Scripture reminds us of is that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, when God says something, that's it. And God wants you, he wants to be glorified in your life and mine. No matter what you face or what you've been through, God wants to get the glory out of our lives. As we talk about the past today, I want you to know that whatever your past may have been, God still can be glorified through it. We're talking about facing the past. And I don't want us to be, to get all nervous today, but to know that God has a plan for your life and mine. Including the things that we don't want to deal with. We're talking today about the Christian experience facing the past. As we look at our New Testament passage scripture in the Gospel of John, John's Gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he came not only in the form of a man, but he came as God himself. He came to die on the cross that you and I might have life and have it more abundantly. And, and we know today is Palm Sunday, and they celebrated Jesus as he, as he came into the city. They said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Yeah. They, they wanted to celebrate him as the king. But he didn't come just to be king on this earth. He came to be king of your heart and your soul and your mind so that you can live eternally. For, for John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's why, he, that's why he came. He came so you and I could have everlasting life. As we look at our New Testament passage of Scripture today, we talked about the woman at the well. And last time we talked about facing your destiny. Know that God has a, a beautiful future in store for you. We all have an eternal destiny that's laid out before us. That's either heaven or hell. And I want us to realize today that whether, whether, you, whether you were born on the good side of town or on the bad side of town, whether your mom and dad was rich or poor, whether you black or white, you know, uh, was it Michael Jackson that said, it don't matter? Help me, Holy Ghost. Well, I want you to know it don't matter if you're black or white. You're still going to have to face heaven or hell. And you need to be ready for the eternal destiny. And start making decisions so you can have the destiny you want to have, which is eternal life. Amen? Amen. And today I want us to realize that we sometimes going to have to face that past. Every now and then in life, you have put the past behind you, but every once in a while it comes up again. And I want us to think about three things today in this passage of Scripture to help us to face our past and to be able to overcome it because we're in this Christian experience. We want to do what God has called us. We want to fulfill our eternal destiny. Let's look at John chapter 4 and beginning at verse 15 and 16. It says, the woman said to him, sir, I give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, 
you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one to whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. See, the first thing I want to mention in this message today is that sometimes the past brings about the surprise. The surprise. You know, we go through, we get up in the morning, and we, we take our shower, brush our teeth, and comb our hair, and head out the door, and we think, you know, it's just going to be a regular day. But somewhere in the process of that day, we may have to face something that we've been trying to ignore, trying to get around. And I want you to know that sometimes you're going to have that surprise where you have to literally look your past in the face. And I don't want us to, 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 to allow that surprise to, to cause us to go in the wrong direction. We're talking today about the Christian experience facing the past. And every now and then, you got to face that past. Now, I want us to be able to, to grow up and mature in our Christian experience to put those past things behind us because when Jesus comes, he says, what? You know, I made you a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. But I want us to know that we live in a real world. We're talking about what? The Christian experience. I want us to realize that every day we're going to live this Christian life. And when that surprise moment comes for you, I want you to be able to face it. Because I have to face my past every now and again. I have to look in the mirror and be able to say, you know, Darius, you didn't do that right. <laughs> and sometimes it's a surprise to me to realize that I did something wrong. Amen, somebody. We don't like to admit that every now and again we did something we shouldn't have done. We wrote that check and we didn't have enough. Help me, Holy Ghost. We were speeding down the highway. Where's David at? Sometimes we do the wrong, and we surprise our own selves. And I want us to realize in this Christian experience, I want us to make sure that God is number one in our lives, no matter where we are, and allow the truth to set us and make us free. And I want us to realize that in this Christian experience, when we're dealing with Jesus Christ, he's not here to condemn us. Brother, Brother Calvin preached that so eloquently not too long ago. Let's look again in this passage of scripture in John 4. See, this woman, she was surprised when Jesus said, go call your husband. And the first thing she said, I don't have no husband. And Jesus said, no, not only do you not have, you got five. But look what Jesus did in, in this passage of scripture. He said, you have well said in verse 17, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one to whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. Look at Jesus not bringing down condemnation upon that person, on that woman. So many times as, as believers, when we talk about somebody's past, we're so ready to, to throw everything in the kitchen sink. We're ready to throw all the charges at them. But look what Jesus did. Jesus decided to find a way to say that woman, you're still right somehow. He found a way for her to know that she was right. He didn't want to bring down all the charges upon her right away. And I want you and I, and when we had to face our past, and when we were facing somebody else's past, not to throw the kitchen sink at them all the time. Because it's a surprise. We didn't get up that morning thinking about, you know, what I did before and how bad it was. And because I know anybody, know, everybody knows that if you had five husbands, yeah. 
that may not be something you want everybody to know. Now, everybody don't have five husbands and wives. That may not be your problem. Maybe, maybe you, you don't have to worry about that. But I want you to realize there's something in your life. You would hope that somebody would have mercy on you. We're talking about today the Christian experience facing the past. And every once in a while, somewhere along your journey, it may be 10 years, maybe five years. But somewhere that, that surprise moment is going to happen. And I want you to be able to deal with it with Christ. Because look what Jesus did. He didn't throw the kitchen sink at this woman. He found a way to say, you know what? You're right. You know what? I'm listening to you. I'm not going to throw the book at you. I'm here to help you. Jesus said what? I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. God wants you to be saved. He wants to, he don't want to condemn you and throw you, as they say, under the bus. Every now and again when I'm walking, you know, and the bus go by, I'm like, you know, I don't want my life to be said that it would end it by a bus. (laughs) Don't let the past cause you to miss what God has in store for you. Don't let the past totally and unequivocally destroy you. But let G- let's, look at, let's look at Jesus' example and find a way to build somebody up when that surprise moment happens. We're talking about the Christian experience facing the past. Let's look at uh, one of the examples in the Bible in, G- in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Was to realize that as human beings, we ain't changed. We do the same kind of things. When, when we do wrong, we act like this is a big, huge surprise. And we want to start lying and deceiving and swindling. It's not time to do that when you're facing your past. We want to face the past with the truth. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves covering. See, surprise happens when you have to face your past. Now, 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 and I don't want us to think that that past always has to be something sinful. But it might be something you don't want nobody to know. It might be something embarrassing. But facing your past is a surprise moment. And sometimes we don't always deal with surprise the way we want to in a mature, you know, adult-like way. But I want us to begin today to realize that God has not come to condemn us but to come that we might be saved. And Adam and Eve, they started wrong and they was going wrong. And it said their eyes became open. In other words, they were surprised what they had found out. And they began immediately to cover themselves. And I want us to learn to face our past with confidence that the God we serve loves me. He's not coming to destroy me. But he wants to make me a better person. Now, if the past that you go through is always bringing you down. You need to turn that, as mama used to say, turn that stumbling block into a stepping stone. 
We're talking about the Christian experience facing the past. Let's go on to the next point. The second thing I want, to see, I want us to see in this message today is the stall technique. Sometimes we, we want to say that the surprise, and then we start stalling, start deflecting. And I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to start stalling. Look what the woman at the well did when Jesus told her to go call her husband. Verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And you have well said, I have no husband. You've had five husbands. And the one to whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. Verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation of the Jews. The hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. See, as believers, we don't need to start lying and deceiving and stalling. And, you know, and this woman was doing, she was trying to change the subject. And see, I could have put that as my, 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 my thought there, but changing the subject. But sometimes we start stalling and changing the subject because we don't want to deal with our past. And immediately, you know, she began to get religious on Jesus. She wanted to stall and change the subject. We're talking about the Christian experience. We don't need to stall and change the subject. We need to face our past. And face it truthfully, honestly. As we learned in the lesson today, many times the problem is not the other people. It's you yourself. It's your own anxiety, your own fears, your own issues. Well, let's not stall. Let's face it. And she began to say, you know, I perceive that you are a prophet. Isn't that what most church, what people say when you begin to witness to them? You say, you know, are you a Christian? And they begin to say, well, I go to a certain such a church. That ain't what I asked you. I asked you, were you saved or not? So when my pastor, he preached on, he, he, no, no, I want to know, are you saved or not? And right away, people begin to try to get more religious than you, to hope that you'll stall for a while and maybe you change the subject and you'll move on. But that's not how we as believers need to face the past. We don't need to always change the subject and start stalling. We need to begin to face it with the truth. And what did Jesus go on to say? He said, you know, I can see, I can see right through all that religious stuff. So you all, you, you Samaritans, you worship what you don't know. He'll begin to let her know, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you are neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. See, when we face our past in the truth, then we, it, we, we invoke the power of the spirit. And the Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. And see, when we, when we try to do it our own way, we think, you know, well, if I lie about this, if I stall for a while, if I change the subject, maybe I can get away with it. 
But you don't realize that you're not inviting the power of the Spirit to make it alive. See, God doesn't want to destroy you. He wants to make you alive. So we must worship God in spirit and in truth because that's going to give us more life. And what did God promise? The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So when we're talking about facing the past, we want abundant life. We don't want our past to always kill the joy. But we want to be able to have life and have it more abundantly. We're talking about the Christian experience facing the past. Let's look again in, in, in Genesis and see how Adam and Eve started. See, ain't nothing changed. Humanity, we still, we still do the same stuff today. Help me, Lord. Let's look at Genesis 3. Beginning in verse 9. I mean verse 8, I'm sorry. After they, have re- after they were surprised and their eyes became open. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did ate, and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, serpent deceived me, and I ate. So we see once again in, in, our, in, our, Christian, in our human experiences that Many times we, we, we employ that stall tactic. First of all, they, they said they what? They hid. They knew the Lord was coming in the cool of the day. And so they said, I'm going to hide. Many times we run first. We, don't, we think later. But they, they decide to hide themselves. And as they say, hide from the problem, don't fix the problem. We're talking about the Christian experience Facing the past. And I'm preaching this message to you as well as I am to myself. We need to be able to face our issues. And this human nature doesn't change. We need to be able to face the past and to face it with truth. And so it goes on to say, and the Lord asked him, you know, what's going on here? And they said, well, you know, we wanted to hide ourselves. I was afraid because I was naked. And the Lord said, who told you? But you was naked. So many times we want to begin to avoid and hide and change the subject. But God goes straight to the point. <laughs> and we need to be able to face the past and truth. So instead of telling the truth, what did Adam do? He blamed his wife. That woman you gave me. And then Eve, she couldn't blame Adam, so she blamed the serpent. So you keep passing the blame, and as we hear in, 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 in the news, they're kicking the can down the road. It's time to face. Every once in a while in your life, when these moments come, we got to face it with truth. And I believe, and you, you, you have seen it in your life experiences, when someone stands up and says, I did it, I'm sorry, I want to get it right. Many times, that just fixed the whole situation. But instead of stalling and changing the subject and blaming somebody else, 
Today we're talking about the Christian experience facing the past. We need to face the past with truth. The third thing and the last thing in this message as we get ready to close is we need to have the surrender. After there's a surprise and the stalling, it's time for the surrender. Just let the Lord have his way. Let's look again at John chapter 4. Begin reading at verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 24. It says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. At that, and at this point, his disciples came and marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, who do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? See, you need to come to that moment of surrender. And we realize that, you know, it's not about me anymore. It's about me living for Christ and allowing him to have his way in my life. See, the woman, she went to the well to get water. But in this passage of Scripture, we see that she left her water pot. She surrendered her life right then and there and realized that she needed to be about her father's business. And so many times in our lives, when we get so caught up in, in our past and our feelings and our emotions, we make the wrong choices. But look at this passage of Scripture again. It says that, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. He said to her, I who speak to you am he. See, we know the right things to do. And we know who we need to be calling on. We need to call on Jesus, especially when we're facing our past. If there ever was a time when you need Jesus, you need him when that past comes up. You need to be able to say, Lord, I need you. I need you to help me and to guide me through this moment in my life so that I won't falter and I won't stumble. And we see that Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. In other words, he didn't try to embarrass her. He didn't try to show her up. He just revealed himself in love saying, I that speak to you am he. And I can only imagine the joy that he had to let her know that, hey, you already heard about me, so I might as well go ahead and introduce myself to you and tell you that I am the one you've been looking for. The one that can help all your past situations. And look what happened in the, in the verse after, the, after this happens. His disciples came. And we know that the woman, who, she came in the middle of the day because she was trying to avoid the crowd. But here come all of the disciples. Here come all the church people. And look what they did. They didn't try to ask her, you know, why she here and what she doing and what was your past about? They said they didn't even ask. They weren't even wondering about that. In the meantime, the reason why we're afraid of our past is because we wonder what people are going to say. And I want us to realize that in Christ Jesus, many times people don't even, they ain't even thinking about you that way. They don't know your past. So they're not even going to be worried about it. And sometimes we, the things we worry about, we worry about it for no reason at all. Just allow Jesus Christ, let's surrender our, our, our past to Christ and let him take care of it. Because these disciples, they said, yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? They weren't even worrying about her past. 
They just saw Jesus and they was trying to report back to him. And that's what I want us as believers to do in our lives. Let's keep reporting to Jesus and stop telling, sending lies and gossip all over the place. Our church would be a better place. The world would be a better place. Our lives would be so much better if we spent our time focusing on who Jesus Christ is and what he needs from us. As the body of Christ, let's surrender our will, our time, our thoughts to him. And let's stop worrying about it, what everybody else's past is all about. And what did she do? She left her water pot and went into the city and she started doing her father's business. She said, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? See, do you realize that your past can help somebody else? When you face your past, they empower somebody else to face theirs. So they can get out of their, out of their valleys. Out of their dark places, overcome their hills and their mountains. We're talking about the Christian experience facing the past. And I want us to realize that we can face the past with Jesus Christ. He can help us to overcome those hills and those mountains, those dark valleys that we're afraid to go into. He can fix those crooked places and make those rough places smooth if we only face the past with Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage us today to surrender our will to his and allow him to heal the past, to smooth it over. Because the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. And the love of God is the greatest love of all. And I want us to face the past with Jesus Christ. Let us stand together. I pray you understood the message today. The Christian experience facing the past.